thanks for pressing play on the real-time 3D in Education podcast. My name is Mike Washburn. Daniel Rollo does a lot of things that are really close to my heart. He's a, an elementary school teacher like I was. Um, he's a NACIF Scholastic Fellow. He's um, the co-founder of the Ontario Federation of School Esports Association. So he's doing a lot of really cool work. Um, and he's doing it with kids that you typically wouldn't associate in terms of the age group with doing that work. Um, and this includes using real-time 3D technology like Unreal Engine and Fortnite Creative. And so when I had a chance to talk to him about the work that he's doing, I was really interested in how he's framing up all of this work in terms of the age of the kids that he's working with. Um, and really interested in how he's centering it around writing and storytelling. And then also, I was really interested in his work in the esports space. So this was a pretty well-rounded conversation of all of the amazing work that Daniel is doing. And I really hope you enjoy my conversation with him. So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Daniel Rollo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. As a as a former elementary school teacher myself, I um, I, I had to get that in there because I appreciate pushing the boundaries at elementary school. I've always been convinced that kids at that age are far more capable than we think they are. What do you what do you what do you I'm sure you agree. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they'll surprise you every time. You know, a lot of the tools that we use are not meant for kids this age, but they can definitely take the tools and come up with some amazing stuff. It'll blow your mind. That's right. That's right. So I'd love for you to take a few minutes to share your background with us. How did you become interested in real-time 3D technology, Unreal Engine. Um, what is your kind of journey through education that brings you to talking with me here today? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, well, this is my 16th year of teaching, and and in that time, I've taught uh, grades 5 to 8. But uh, I actually, I have no formal background in computer science or, <clears throat> you know, coding or anything like that. Uh, game design. My background is in political philosophy, um, but coding has always been an interest for me. You know, I remember as a kid going to the library when this was a thing, uh, and you could sign out these books where you could uh, make your own game by following inputting the code into BASIC uh, and create your own game. And that always fascinated me as a kid. And, you know, I remember back in grade five as well, learning to program logo on icon twos. And, you know, that blew my mind at the time. So I've always been interested sort of in technology and computer science and game design and that kind of stuff on a personal level. And then, uh, you know, when I became a teacher, I was looking for ways to engage students who were disengaged, who didn't see the relevance of things. Uh, and how can you connect the technology that they use and love every day to sort of um, reach them and teach them and enhance their learning experience in the classroom? So, you know, I started looking uh, for ways to incorporate coding in, in computer science in the classroom way before it was fashionable to do so, or definitely before it was in the Ontario curriculum. Um, but I wanted students to have that same experience that I had, which was, you know, this is pretty cool. I can input a set of commands and have the computer do something. Um, and not to mention, you know, sneaking in the logic and the math of it, which was my actual background in philosophy. So 
Anyways, I got to the world of 3D uh, because after dabbling a little bit in sort of uh, Scratch and coding with other languages that were um, good for students, I was looking for how, how do I push this even more? Is there anything out there that would allow students to create things in 3D? And, you know, a little bit of research, I found uh, the, the first one we started using was actually called Atmosphere. I don't think it exists anymore, but uh, came across Unity, Unreal. Uh, they were paid at the time. You had to subscribe. So I kept following it. And then not too long after I started following sort of the, the progress of those two, uh, Unreal became free, went to a free model for educators and students. And I jumped all over that and haven't looked back. Adulthood seems like a fairly nebulous, abstract sort of thing to a fifth grader sixth grader and yeah. when you talk about i i loved talking about space like space was my thing when i was when i was trying to get kids geeked up about something i always like started talking about space and launching rockets and going to mars and stuff like that yeah. and and i'm curious how you connect like like talk through the practical ways because i think that there's some teachers that are going to be listening to this that are our elementary school teachers that are going to find your insight into this super valuable. Um, go into some detail on how you connect the dots between them sitting in a classroom at like 10, 11, 12 years old, even maybe a little bit younger, 10-ish, and adulthood and the pathway that real-time 3D can take them from fifth grade to a, a, a career a, even to be fair a, a futurist career that you know I, and I know we use the terms all the time a job that doesn't exist or whatever right but right, yeah. but connect the dots for me and how do you connect the dots for your students so they can see that clearly and get excited about it yeah wow that's a big question to unpack um but I would say that's the primary motivator for sure is what do students get out of this that they can actually translate later on uh, and use in their own life and translate it, translate it into either a career or a set of skills that will help them later on. So um, basically, you know, real-time 3D technology, if you take kind of take a look at the ecosystem right now, is used in all kinds of industries, right? It's we obviously it's used in the 3D uh, in the game industry. You know, AAA titles are made with the Unreal Engine, mm -hmm. but it's also used in architecture, and it's also used in uh, cinematics and animation and movie making and all kinds of um, industries that are connected to the technology itself. So I actually teach at a uh, school that's uh, socioeconomically uh, challenged family. A lot of families come from uh, lower socioeconomic means. And so providing students with these skills for me allows them to possibly later on either open a career door and say, oh, wow, I never really thought I'd be interested in architecture, but I kind of did it at school and I, that's what I want to do. Um, or it gives them a set of skills to be able to market themselves later on. So that's kind of like the um, the the crux of it for me. Amazing. And, you know, teaching at that early of a stage in, in, in your school career, grade five, grade six, um, 
I think one of the biggest opportunities, and, and I did a lot of this myself, so I, I, I see what you're doing here by trying to use these tools to tell stories or to right. have the kids tell stories um, and, and share, you know, something they're learning about or uh, a life experience or even a, even a basic kind of like a retelling of a story. Right. So talk about how you're using interactive 3d tools, twin motion, I think in particular, but also unreal engine to to have the kids tell stories and 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 go into some detail on what kind of stories your kids are telling using these tools yeah so when i started incorporating unreal engine and twin motion and things like that in the classroom um i wanted to go beyond the idea of just having kids make games and you know like there, there's definitely value in that the kids do enjoy making their own games and being able to play their games but i wanted to know for myself how can i actually take some of this and connect it to the curriculum that i have to teach anyways and give the students another outlet to kind of show me what they've learned and demonstrate that they understand you know um literary uh, principles for example so um it, it's not a big leap to understand that video games tell a story. Any good video game tells a story. Um, movies tell a story, obviously, at least uh, good video games and movies do. Um, so I wanted to explore, how can I take a writing task like descriptive writing for students and, and you know add in there this study of elements like setting and mood and tone, which we do with actual literature, but then translate that into a 3D uh, experience, an interactive world that the students either build based on their descriptive writing or that they start with. So they're going to create a world and then put themselves in that world and describe what it's like to be in that world. So and I'll just give you an example. When we first started, um, in my mind, the most logical place to start was fantasy writing. Okay. So uh, it's one of the things that we do, we do fantasy writing. And so I would have students, you know, basically just outline uh, after we've done a little bit of work on mood and setting and stuff, outline what would be a, a setting for a fantasy story. So that's just a, a brief outline that they would do in writing. And then let's draw it out. Let's visualize it. Okay, so draw out what you would like to create. Are you, is, are you going to be describing an abandoned castle? Are you going to be describing a temple ruins on an island? What, what, are you what are you describing? Draw it out. And then now let's take some time and actually build it out in Unreal Engine or Twin Motion, depending on um, the age group and sort of what my goals are. But let's build out your vision so that what you have in mind, let's actually create it and bring it to life, not just on paper, but actually as an environment. And then in that process, you're also going to learn about lighting and some camera techniques and what makes for a good sort of uh, scene type of thing. And once your world is built, now let's go back to the writing portion, put yourself in that world you just created and describe it to me. What does it sound like to be there? What does it feel like? What does it smell like, et cetera? Um, you know, I'm working on a descriptive writing task actually for this year for October around Halloween. We usually do, obviously, a lot of teachers do like scary stories and stuff like that. So um, we'll be studying mood again and how mood is created in writing, but also how it's created on screen through color and camera angles and sounds and whatnot. And so students will be, creating, they'll be doing their descriptive scary story writing, but then creating that scene so they can put themselves in that scene and share that scene with somebody else. It's amazing. So let's switch gears just a little bit, because I know that you are heavily engaged in academic esports. 
Um, yeah. I, I mentioned in your introduction, you're a, a NACIF Scholastic Fellow and the co-founder of the Ontario Federation of School Esport Associations. And I think that there is an incredible connection. And this is like a lot of people associate Unreal Engine with game design, as they should. For sure. But one of the missions or kind of side quests of this podcast is definitely talking about the other spaces that real-time 3D can be used and how, you know, you don't have to be this, like, passionate video game player to be truly engaged in this world of real-time 3D, that there are way more opportunities now and in the future that are going to exist to use these tools in some really cool ways. And you've touched on a couple of them, architecture and, and a number of other things. Talk about the connection between interactive 3D and esports. Where do you think the opportunities lie? Um, where do you think the pathway is for kids to, to do what they're doing with you? And then where do they go if they're interested in esports? but also interested in interactive 3D. Where's the through line for that? Yeah, so <clears throat> you're right when you say that um, it, it, the logical connection between esports and 3D in, interactive 3D technology is there. The interactive 3D technology builds the esports titles that, that students are playing, that gamers are playing, right? So the connection is obvious. Um, but for myself, my focus is on scholastic esports. So uh, learning about careers and skills and life lessons through esports and interactive 3D tools that you can then take and apply in other fields and whatnot. So, um, I, like in my own class, to give examples from my own sort of uh, experience, is we take what we learned about esports, which is something that we do here um, at my school. We actually started last year. And then as a culminating sort of activity to show me what you've learned, you and your group, uh, you're going to build your ideal esports lab using one of the interactive 3D tools, either Twin Motion or Unreal Engine. Um, almost everybody used Unreal Engine this past year just because it was happened to be our focus. But in creating that environment and creating your ideal uh, uh, esports lab that somebody can walk through as a pitch, you're also going to be focusing on marketing, marketing your idea and your design, financing. I gave them an unlimited budget, but you have to account for everything you're putting in your esports lab. So if you want 25 flat screen TVs, 85 inch flat screen TVs to showcase the games, that's wonderful. But what's that going to cost in the end? Uh, your communication skills, you're going to present this not only to me, but to our school principal. Obviously, we don't have the budget for that, but... <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, you're going to, you're going to learn to market and present your own idea. So all of those skills around esports, um, marketing and producing graphic design, you know, showcasting that kind of stuff. We tie in with what we're doing with real-time technology. I'll give you another example, aside from just building the esports lab, um, at the end, tail end of last year and, and this year we'll be doing, students will be creating their own, uh, virtual sets that we're going to use as part of our live stream, uh, for our esports program, so they'll they'll get to design their own set based on some examples from already from Epic, um, and they'll do sort of like the intro graphics and animations to different matches, uh, important matches for our school. So all kinds of connections between real time technology and esports, um, scholastic esports. Yeah, hundred um, percent. 
and I think both of us um, have benefited from a lot of opportunities to to learn and to grow professionally in this space, and not not afraid to 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 look dumb a little bit when you're learning a new sure. thing. And one of the great opportunities that um, has come up is called the Unreal Accelerator. Um, yeah. And this is this has become uh, something that teachers are taking, and and I believe that you've went through it as well as I have. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your experience in the accelerator as a as a learner, as someone that that wanted to go and learn how to use these tools. Um, talk about what you feel like you've come out with on the other side of the accelerator. And, and how you've applied it um, in your teaching. Yeah, for sure. So I actually completed the accelerator really recently. Um, I'd been doing some work in the Unreal Engine and Twin Motion for a while, so I did feel quite comfortable with those tools. But I did uh, sign up for the accelerator to learn more about Fortnite Creative. And so the accelerator, the Unreal Accelerator, for uh, listeners who aren't so familiar, um, is a workshop. Uh, meant for educators on going through Epic's three main uh, 3D um, tools, interactive 3D tools, and how to incorporate them in the classroom. So um, you'll get instruction on how to how to use Twinmotion, how to use Unreal Engine, and how to use Fortnite Creative. And for me, um, I was specifically looking for more guidance and information on Fortnite Creative, which I wasn't as familiar with, um, as well as ideas on how to implement it in the classroom. So that's basically my large takeaway is one of the things that I want to do this year is not only uh, use Twin Motion and Unreal Engine, which we've already been doing, but also incorporate uh, Fortnite Creative uh, with students. Yeah, that's awesome. And and it was a pretty great experience. I, I, I oh, enjoyed absolutely. it a lot. Now, it's funny that you, you did the opposite of what a lot of people, in my experience anyways, you went to learn about Fortnite when a lot of people are going to learn about Unreal Engine. So uh, it's it's funny that there's something yeah. for, for everybody that's interested in this space, right? That's right. And you don't have to know anything about any of those tools, right? You can come in as a complete novice with just an interest in how to integrate those tools. And you'll come away from that workshop, the accelerator, with the skills and the tools and ideas ready to take them back to your classroom and implement them. Yeah, 100%. So we like to talk a lot about the future on this podcast. And I ask everyone the same question to wrap up our conversations. And that's to spend a little time thinking about, you know, what's next. So, you know, where do you see um, the use of interactive 3D? And, and I'd be interested in it from a, an elementary teacher's perspective. Where do you mm -hmm. see, you know, teaching with real-time 3D and where teach, uh, teacher capacity and, and student capacity for using these tools, you know, five to seven years from now? So I'm not saying, you know, look, look deep for into sure. the future, but, you know, in, in your fairly near future, where do you see the future of this stuff for you? Yeah, well, it's funny because seven years in technology land <laughs> is deep into the future. It might as well be, sure. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, I think right now, generally speaking, right now, uh, the adoption of interactive 3D tools, real-time 3D tools, 
is about to explode. I mean, if you follow what's happening online, the number of people interested in it, the number of, of things being published, the number of, um, of supports being offered. I mean, Epic has an amazing uh, learning portal and developer, uh, developer community. I think the adoption of that into classrooms is, is going to explode over the next five to seven years. Um, for myself, kind of where I see it going uh, in my program is I think virtual reality and virtual production, augmented reality is kind of the next step. Once you have the tools to use those interactive 3D uh, real-time tools, not only to create the worlds and build the levels, so to speak, on a computer, but you want to be able to step into that world, step into what you've just created, right? There's a lot of talk right now about the metaverse. Um, I know Epic is really at the forefront of the creation of the metaverse. Some some might say Fortnite is already the metaverse. Mm. But that, I, that idea to be able to create that world and then step into it virtually, as well as to add virtual production, as we see like in professional um, movies and whatnot, but bring that into the classroom. So I'll give you an example. Um, in my classroom last year, I had my grade eights as part of their science program. They have to learn about the human organ systems and the human body and the interactions in them. And so I had them create a 3D science museum that you could walk through that had 3D models, um, uh, ex uh, you know, exhibits up on the walls kind of thing. And you can walk through and interact and get audio and, and visual feedback on a specific model, for example. <laughs> I see the next step as being actually walking and stepping into that um, 3D space that you've created in a virtual setting and picking up that model, picking up the model of the heart, not just looking at it on a screen in 3D and rotating it and listening to student feedback, explaining how it works, but actually picking it up and feeling it pulsating in your hand virtually is the next step that I kind of foresee where um, interactive 3D is going as you know virtual production, virtual reality picks up. Amazing. Uh, this has been awesome. Such a great experience um, for kids uh, that are typically not getting this type of experience in schools. Uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast, uh, Dan Rollo. Thank you. The pleasure was mine. I love talking real-time 3D.